0: Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Kate Warman, and I'm so excited you're here listening today. Whether you've been around for a long time or you're brand new here, I just love our Heart of Dating family. Speaking of being new around here, have you gotten connected all the different ways that you can in this Heart of Dating community? Because if you found us through the podcast, that's awesome. But the podcast is just one of the ways that you can get connected in this amazing Heart of Dating Dating community. We actually have a massive Facebook community of now over 9,000 members, single Christians doing live together over on Facebook. And you can find that group by going to facebook.com forward slash heart of dating clicking to join our private facebook community but make sure you answer all of the questions so we can admit you into our incredible community also over on instagram y'all we have a lot going on over on instagram at kateness at heart of dating we got a lot of amazing dating advice for you that we give out each and every week as well as some laughs okay because we got to keep it real we got to admit that sometimes christian dating is weird <laughs> and then over on tiktok at Ad heart of Dating, we have been living it up on TikTok. We're trying our hand over there on TikTok. And I'm telling you, one year ago, I said I would never go on that app because that was just not for me and I was too old. But now here we are doing TikTok jam. So come and join us over on TikTok. Guys, we are so excited to announce that our School of Dating mentorship program that we just launched last week is now closed. We actually sold out in just a few days and we are so excited to mentor the people in this program over the next eight weeks. JJ and I, yesterday at church, we were just praying over each and every person's names, and we are just so thrilled and honored. And we are like, God, whatever you want to do through us, we just are open. We want to stay um, really surrendered to this process so we can help people however you want to help them, Lord. And so we are so excited. But I want to tell you something this program sold out way quicker than we even thought it was going to sell out, and we are so honored and so blessed but if you didn't get in this round and you want to get in the next time and you want to get in at the best price the lowest price possible you need to join our wait list and you can do so very easily just by texting the word wait list to 214-225-22-25-25-25-25-25-25-25-25-25-25-25-25-25-25-25-25. 7772. That is my number. Okay. It's waitlist to 214 225 7772. And then what we'll do is, as soon as it launches again this fall, most likely this October, we will let you know in advance so you can get the best possible offer, the cheapest offer out there. So, but that's only going to happen to our waitlist people. So join our waitlist. We are so excited. We're honestly just honored and we can't wait to do this together. All right. last week on the podcast we talked about attachment wounds and anxiety and knowing our attachment woundings that typically show up in childhood and then They start in childhood and then they continue throughout our lives until we recognize them. We have compassion for them and we start to heal them and heal the patterns that make us show up certain ways in the area of love. And so today on the podcast, JJ and I in tandem with last week's episode wanted to go into something that relates to attachment woundings and how we show up in love a lot and so today we're talking about triggers and trauma and yeah so what do you do when you are in a relationship and you know you have a lot of past trauma or what do you do if you're dating someone and you find out about their story you find out there's a lot of past trauma there i'm telling you a lot of guys that dated me in the past found that out and they're like whoa this girl's been through some stuff you know so how do you respond what do you do how do you respond in moments of trauma and moments of triggers what what is too much in a relationship and what is what's healthy and how do we balance all of those things and so today we talk about trauma and triggers and we we talk about moving through triggers and how to even know if you are triggered what are some signs of being triggered we just talk a lot about understanding our bodies so we can better understand how we're showing up why we're showing up that way and then from a place of deep understanding and knowing shift our patterns so we talk about that today we have a lot to say on it and we are so excited last thing if you guys didn't know we have a video video podcast on YouTube. And we are so thankful for you guys showing up every week on the video podcast on YouTube, commenting all the things. So keep doing that. We have been loving it. And it's a fun new way that we get to bring this podcast to you each week. All right, guys, without further ado, let's get into the episode all about triggers and trauma. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. It's Kate.
1: And JJ.
0: Hey, babe. Hey. (laughs) Guys, want to know something funny today is that I don't have my contacts in, so I'm blind at the moment. Um, And you would know if you're watching on youtube okay so you should watch the podcast on youtube because we have a youtube podcast now
1: <laughs> i think you look cute in your glasses it's i just, know the reflection the, the
0: reflection mask. is gonna be weird it will make me look awkward this whole video so we're gonna go blind wait they
1: haven't seen you in glasses have they no
0: they've never oh seen they're, me like
1: so okay. they're like so magnifying
0: okay big, big old whatever. bug eyes. <laughs> whatever uh i met you at the gym this morning i was like i'm in my glasses <laughs>
1: Hey, they're like binoculars. I'm like, you okay?
0: <laughs> I am a little blind. <laughs> well, guys, we had so much fun last week talking about uh, attachment woundings and anxiety. And so many of you really resonated with that. Actually, funny enough, we were at our small group recently, and I just came to realize that, again, not a lot of people know about attachment styles and mm. attachment wounds. And I will say it once. I'll say it again. I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. I'm blue. Da-ba-dee-da-ba-da. da ba dee da Great song. But I will. I'll say it till I'm blue in the face that I think it's one of the most powerful tools we can use in relationships. So- Uh, today, babe, what are we talking about?
1: We're talking about trauma and triggers in a relationship.
0: Yeah. And this can happen like even in dating too. So. Mm you can be triggered uh, and your trauma may come up even in the early stages of dating. So it's really good to know what your trauma is, Mm -hmm. AKA listen to last week's episode, but also understand your triggers and why they come up. So today's content actually is just a you know tip of the iceberg of things that we actually speak about in our program our mentorship program school of dating
1: school of dating Dating,
0: which is we at the doors are closed now the program is open and we are so excited for these next eight weeks with all the amazing people who signed up and so it sold out so quickly which was awesome
1: it was awesome it didn't even go public really before we filled it out so we will be doing more programs yeah it's not a one-time thing
0: we'll probably we do it in the fall after we get married. Yeah. we we'll come back with fresh new vision as married people.
1: <laughs> We're going to be so changed.
0: So changed no, after the honeymoon. Our,
1: our content is going to be classic Christian content. Mick. We thought marriage is going to be awesome. It's so hard. I literally <laughs> it is. I want to punch them in the face sometimes, but that's marriage. <laughs>
0: well that isn't far from the truth (laughs) (laughs) what if you feel that way in dating
1: marriage is so i love marriage what if i feel that way now (laughs) oh yeah now you know those posts they're like i literally have to wipe his butt (laughs) it's so disgusting but i love it i'm like all right guys calm down (laughs)
0: that was dramatic
1: that's what that that's them not me
0: (laughs) oh my god. but the
1: objective of today Yes. Is if you are experiencing triggeredness, that's like that fight or flight. Fight,
0: you, flight, or even flee.
1: Yes. Fight, flight, or...
0: Or fight, flight, fight, or freeze. Sorry, freeze. not flee.
1: <laughs> I'm like, isn't that synonymous?
0: <laughs> fight, flight or
1: freeze freeze yes yes and your headlight yes (laughs) or if you're on the other
0: (laughs) Uh, what
1: that's true what's happening (laughs) well i'll give a good analogy for that later okay but or if you're on the other side like i wish i could have had this episode about a year and three months ago (laughs) no no no, sorry a year ago it was right at the three month mark mark. i wish somebody would have been like hey you're going to need this.
0: Oh my gosh, seriously. Well, that's a reality for me. Uh, I revealed last week that I lean anxious in my attachment wounding. And for me, what I've learned about myself, I've really learned to heal and manage my attachment wounding in the early stages of dating. So in the beginning, like in the dating phase, but as soon as a relationship, as soon as it goes to the relationship phase, I'm like, <gasps> whoa 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 like that's where the stuff for me gets harder and so
1: (laughs) that's like the prairie dogs like popping out (laughs) it's like (laughs) whoop The first two months, commitment.
0: And then Can I like,
1: admit <laughs> then they're all popping up. And I'm like, wah, 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 wah.
0: wow. Okay, so I think right now we this is for anybody who's found themselves triggered in a relationship and just doesn't know how to manage their triggers. For anyone who's been in a relationship with somebody who has a lot of triggers, it's for both, mm. which is a lot of people. Okay, even if you're listening right now, you're like, I don't have many triggers. I will be honest. As soon as you start dating a lot of times that's when the triggers start coming up
1: dude mine took like a year like yeah if mine mine just started surfacing probably i mean there's a lot of like introspective ones and suppressed ones yeah but they finally started surfacing probably a couple months ago yeah for the first time yeah. like definitely <laughs> first time literally in my life where i like demonstrably was like upset and angry i wanted to like you know I was just uh, like the Hulk.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah, I Mhm. It was yeah. Anyway, so <laughs>
1: I can be vulnerable too. Yeah, you can,
0: honey. Okay. okay, So let's talk about what what being triggered means. Um, So this term is usually used to refer to an experience of having an emotional reaction to something that most likely originated from past traumatic events or situations or a time in your life specifically. And it's really important to realize when you are feeling triggered, which we're going to tell you like how you know you're triggered but Mm -hmm. when you're triggered typically it's not always just because of what's happening in front of you usually it's from things in the past that are resurfacing yeah harder things that happened that are coming back up because those harder things remind you of being abandoned of being rejected of being abused of being whatever it is and it may even be small it may be like small but big to you okay triggers don't have to come from trauma that is just big t trauma there's mm-hmm. actually big t and little t trauma i would you say mean
1: like like tea time like tea time like like spill the tea and you're like big tea like that's a big no thing. what do you mean big tea
0: big tea like trauma starts with the word tea
1: oh i <laughs> thought you meant like spill the tea like big tea trauma is like
0: oh my gosh honey <laughs> get no a,
1: get a big old saucer of tea
0: wow okay no so what I it's meant... gonna be
1: a lot of trauma I'm about them wow
0: no so big tea trauma <laughs> as in capital letter T trauma, big trauma is big events in your life, a divorce, an abusive situation, uh, being abandoned, like big T traumas, you know, obviously sexual abuse, any kind of big T being cheated on or being lied to in a really big way, betrayed. Those are big T trauma moments, maybe somebody in your life dying. Uh And then little T trauma moments are little events that pile up through time. And so, so there's a lot of people maybe you're listening you're like i grew up in a decent household i don't have a lot of big t trauma like i don't really get triggered well you still could get triggered it just may be from little t trauma moments that have built up <laughs> through time why are you laughing
1: i, I can't stop thinking about the t <laughs> oh my god and little t is that like the place set. <laughs> you're having like a little little glass of tea talking about something (laughs)
0: Baby, we're talking about something serious
1: (laughs) I can't stop thinking about it though Okay. okay <laughs> Just can we come up with another word?
0: No, <laughs> little this is t. how I've always referred to it.
1: <laughs> think about like little people. Okay, <laughs>
0: stop thinking about it that okay, way. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay, well, you can think about it that way. Just a Just lot of Just say
1: big pe- trauma moments.
0: Big trauma, little trauma moments. There we go. Little <laughs> trauma moments are those moments that... You had shame about something or you didn't perform as though you wanted to or a friend like mm-hmm. didn't want to be friends with you anymore and you moved on from it. But it was like a small moment that really hurt you. Those are
1: so funny because yeah. I, I think that is the ones that we undermine. Yeah. And you literally feel it, that dip in your heart, that dip in your spirit, that mm-hmm. little dip and you're like, hmm, like that really hurt. Like, And it was little.
0: Yeah. Well, I talk about this in my book, chapter 2, I talk about this. Uh, it's the chapter's called Here I Am and I talk about going to onsite years ago and I did this exercise called the window pane and I had to draw actually the six most painful memories I could remember from childhood. Whew. And the window pane P-A-I-N You know (laughs) So But it was like Get it Okay So like I had to draw Like six boxes Like a window pane But it was window pane So like Each one Contained a moment Of pain From my childhood And It was interesting because she encouraged us to like write down anything that came to mind, like anything that we remembered. And I remember looking back at some of the things I drew, not all of them were like big moments, like huge things, you know, and I did have some huge things in my childhood. Mm -hmm. Some of them were smaller. One of them I reference in my book. Thank you for rejecting me. I say I talk about. Um my aunt who made fun of my smile when I was like around 10 years old. And she basically was like, Caitlin, why are you smiling? smiling. So fake, like stop smiling. So fake. And it's like this little moment that I just remember like words spoken over me. And I already felt insecure about my body. Cause I had my period early on and it was just a little moment, you know, it wasn't mm-hmm. a big trauma moment, but it was a little moment that I can still remember that caused me more and more insecurity. Like I already felt insecure. And it was like somebody out loud when I was only ten mm-hmm. was verbalizing and reaffirming my insecurity, and that stuck for years, yeah,
1: yeah, it's so good, and it's so funny I just there's probably you're listening and without even thinking about it, you probably can go back to uh something that really hurt your feelings, mm-hmm. like when you're from the age four to thirteen years old that probably shouldn't have but it it really just hurt your feelings, yeah, and so trigger means. Something in front of you happened, but it triggered a response that's basically a lot of
0: times from the past.
1: Uh, yeah, from the past, like past trauma that has been stored. That's coming and so back that's the right response now. that resurfaces. So triggers literally, you know, mm-hmm. triggering that past um, sense. And so I think you have some symptoms here.
0: Yeah, some things. How do you know you're triggered? Because I, I mean, yeah. a lot of times we don't know, have the language. We don't. We're not taught in the church like. Here's to know how you're triggered, you know. Mm-hmm. But you were saying this earlier, babe, like surely people in the Bible were triggered.
1: Oh my gosh. Kate and I wanted to do I thought it'd be funny to walk through an exercise and be like, where in the where in the Bible and stories do you think there are stories where people were triggered? Yeah. And I'm definitely curious to hear if you're on YouTube, comment those. Yeah. because um, 'cause I'm sure we missed one I thought of instantly was Saul with uh David playing this the harp in his lounge. Be like like he just throws a spear at him, <laughs> and like tries to kill him because he knew eventually he was going to be coming after his throne. But like, there's definitely something in that moment, right, that just triggered this, uh, just a rational, a logical,
0: irrational, irrational. Yeah, yeah,
1: crazy response yeah. Uh, in him. The other one, um, you know, you can really argue about this one. Peter mm. cutting off the the ear of the Roman soldier as they came to. Um, arrest jesus Mm -hmm. now that was a little different because i think he was being more loyal and and defending but still like lunging out and with that outlash of violence yeah i think the whole bible is filled with these stories and obviously we don't have the childhood of these people necessarily to go through it but we see i think what is most important is you see a scenario where especially externally but this happens internally we'll get to it externally will people vividly react like, that's way out of line of what's happened. Like, yeah, the response, choice. like, definitely it just outweighs.
0: Well, what you're saying, too, there's a difference between being triggered and acting in your trigger. You can be sure. triggered, but if you, as you become healthy and aware of your triggers, you may not necessarily react in them. Yeah. You then have the tools to say, okay, what's going on? How do I manage oh, and control this trigger? Because I may say to you, like, I'm triggered.
1: But, but you're not mi- acting on it. I'm
0: not activating like oh. the trigger. Like I'm not moving into it. Like, but it only can happen through awareness and mm-hmm. through understanding. Because once we get to know ourselves better, know where our triggers are coming from, why they're coming, then we can better learn to have compassion for ourselves, take mm-hmm. ownership for them. And then we have the tool to like be able to yeah, that's stop a, the trigger that's from continuing. It's a great continuing.
1: clarification. Yeah. Trigger doesn't always mean acted out on
0: yeah. But, especially acted on in like a uncontrollable way. And the examples you gave, I just want to clarify, it doesn't always mean like when you're triggered, you're acting out violently <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because, okay, yeah, because that it can happen, but mm. you may, it may be different for different people. So how do you know you might be triggered in a triggered yeah. state? So some, some of these are just feelings you might have. You might feel very overwhelmed. Suddenly your heart may start racing. You may feel a lot of anger, a lot of immediate, sadness. You may start feeling really lonely or feel abandoned. Suddenly you may feel very frustrated or irritable. All of a sudden you may feel a little bit out of control, like out of body, out of mind. You may suddenly feel a lot of pain, even pain, like within your body, mm-hmm. uh, shortness of breath that comes with the racing heart. You might feel like tension, just like suddenly your body completely tenses up. Uh, great book called the body keeps the score by Dr. Best Van der Kolk and very amazing, interesting book, very thick, meaning like it's very heady. <laughs> it's, it's not like you're not going to read it in hey, one sitting, like a <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it's so, but it's so good. It talks about the mind body connection and. Yeah. It really goes through like how your body will actually even show you that you might be in a triggered state For or, sure. or that you're, my friend Meekai guy does a myofascial release and myofascia is like the interconnected tissue that connects your bone to your muscle. And so when you get a massage, unless your fascia is also relaxed, your massage won't last that long. It will go back to feeling stiff mm-hmm. because you need to relax and stretch out and work through the layers of the fascia. And through the work she does, she often really helps people with different trauma, honestly, because the, your body keeps the score in terms of the, your fascia, is, like the energy, the pain is stored within it and it will feel really grainy. Anyway, I could go on and on about oh, it. Oh yeah, I know Su- you could. Super interesting. You love
1: it. <laughs> well, it's, um, you know, for me and for you, I'm curious and we'll hop in what it looks like, like the common triggers. Mm. But I feel the few times I do really, really feel it is I literally feel like the a boiling like in yeah. my heart. It's like a quick, like a quick boil.
0: Like a hot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that makes uh, in sense my chest. Hotness. Yep. Yeah. And then it like goes my head and then I'm like, <gasps> yeah. I'm like,
0: <clears throat> That's your Hulk moment.
1: <laughs> I know. But it's scary because you, you just lose all rationale. Yeah. Like you just lose, like, it's just like tunnel focus. Mm -hmm. It's like the horse blinders, and it's just like, so, and it's scary. So, I think that's definitely smart to be and wise to be. It's why
0: it's so important to know when you're Mm -hmm. triggered. You
1: have to be conscious for sure.
0: But there's so many people that never go their whole life and just, it becomes second nature to be triggered. It's, and it then becomes like a part of their personality that mm. they are just that way. And that is so complacent. And I believe not how God created us because we should always be moving and growing towards being more like him. Yeah. But, you know, it's like the phrase old dog can't treat, teach him new tricks mm-hmm. and You know, I don't believe that. I believe that we all have the opportunity, no matter how old you are listening, no matter how long you've been acting in your triggers and haven't felt in control of them, it is never too late to start on the road of recognizing that this is not working for you and Mm. there is a different way and you can take your power back. For sure. Let's talk about some of the ways that uh, commonly trigger people. And this this is all very specific to you. Like there could be more than this list, but- do you want to start reading
1: it? Yeah, somebody rejecting you.
0: That's one for yeah. sure.
1: And but, I also feel like it doesn't have to be um it could even be a, like a nice rejection, but it's just rejection itself. Yes. No matter how it's communicated.
0: Because of what we attach to yeah. rejection
1: and what it Exactly. How like it you can have a life. professional communicator on the other end and gently lay it on, but it's still rejection and yep. people can still have a traumatic
0: Yeah. Yeah. Someone threatening to leave you again kind of ties back to abandonment, too. Mm -hmm. And that is especially hard in a situation of conflict.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like or even the threat of somebody leaving. Right. Yes. Like I will leave you or in conflict. They walk out the door and slam it.
0: Most people, in my experience, would be pretty upset in that moment. Oh, yeah. But it, there will be there will be people where that is like they will break down. I'm one of those people, for sure.
1: <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. We, well, finally, we have enough trust that if I did have to leave, like go on a yeah. walk,
0: I would you know, know I'm coming
1: back. Yeah, totally. But I think that's probably one of the most difficult things about relationships is you're not married. Yes. Like you're not going to be sleeping in the same bed that night. And you're not
0: engaged or like right back engagement it's really hard to know
1: yeah like, that's true because there's still a, a back door vulnerable. you know so i think that's a really good point um somebody discounting you that or mm-hmm. this one you can expand on somebody discounting or ignoring you
0: yeah saying you don't really believe that do you or that can't yeah. be true yeah like, do you
1: really feel that
0: yes oh my gosh yeah. that's so hard
1: and the counter should we talk about like that- that. one antidote to that is um validating we talked about this oh yeah we're gonna talk about group. it more next week okay great yeah we'll talk about the antidotes to these
0: yeah and fighting fair and conflict and yeah. creating safe space this we'll would, do that, that next will be week. a great one yeah so good uh someone being unavailable to you someone giving you a disapproving look uh, someone blaming or shaming you, someone being judgmental or critical of you, someone being too busy to make time for you, uh, someone not seeming happy to see you, that can be a trigger for people, someone coming onto you in a needy way, or even in a sexual way could be a trigger for you. Obviously, if, you know, especially based on your past there, someone trying to control you, yeah. all of these, none of these are good things. Per se, like, I mean, some of them are like understandable, someone blaming or shaming you, not a great thing. Someone trying to control you, not a great thing, you know, but so, so, but these are things that could, um, start a trigger. So I want to quickly talk through what goes on during a trigger, just in case you guys don't really know what's happening. You're talking about
1: like biologically.
0: Yeah. In our body.
1: Dr. Kate. (laughs)
0: i'm not a doctor but i have learned so much about this it's fascinating i i'm one of those people that like i love to know the why behind stuff i'm like oh i want to know how that works you know versus just doing it i connect more with knowing the why uh versus
1: you're definitely that kid who's like why 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 why, why?
0: yeah i why? love the why i love the why so Okay, let's talk about the nervous system because when you are activated in a trigger, your nervous system is being activated. So the sympathetic part of the nervous system acts as the body's accelerator, the sympathetic nervous system. This is your flight or fight response or freeze. It moves blood to the muscles for quick action. The adrenal glands even may start to secrete some adrenaline, which also increases the heart rate. So this is that moment of like (gasps) something is happening like and like your body literally like you may be in the moment like i don't if you for me it's like all of a sudden something happened i feel my whole body changes because it's that adrenaline being pumped out Uh i start to sweat i definitely do i start sweating a lot i know i start my heart races i'm like your eyes
1: like narrow
0: (laughs) yes yes the sympathetic it's like activate. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, here it is. It's just like a light switch got turned on. Oh yeah. The, uh, the other part of your nervous system is the parasympathetic nervous system, which acts like the brakes. So the sympathetic is like the body's accelerator. Then the parasympathetic is like the brakes and it, that helps you to slow down your heart rate. It relaxes muscles and it allows your breathing to go back to normal it's interesting when you think about this and Bessel van der Kolk in that book talks about this as well if you've ever seen a black and white movie have you ever seen one
1: I mean I know you grew up with black and white oh
0: guys. my gosh so <laughs> even wasn't the honey? OC the
1: OC was in black okay and
0: white? oh you did not da-na-na-na, da-na-na-na,
1: never heard that <laughs>
0: All right, everybody, go to Instagram to see what we're talking about right here because JJ has no idea what the OC is and it ruined my dreams. Oh my gosh, stop it. So a black and white movie, the point of that is like if you watch it, Like, or if you watch something on mute, the interesting part of this is that you can almost tell the state of a relationship between two people just by their facial expressions and their body language. So you can kind of tell like what's going on just based on what they're looking like, like their bodies are looking Mm -hmm. like without even hearing any words because our bodies are speaking whatever energy is happening within us, you know? So if our sympathetic nervous system is activated, like you will see that in the facial expressions, in the body language. Language, you will be able to tell if someone is shutting down because they're triggered their arms will start to close in you'll see their like shoulders kind of they're starting to get more hunched like you see the body change yeah. than when you see someone open and feeling connected and there's more of a sense of openness there's more leaning in like you can tell all of that just from even a black and white movie you can look at somebody in a restaurant and almost tell like if they're into it or you not you can
1: see it every day I mean you yeah. watch sports like sports mm-hmm. you you can't hear the coaches on the sideline, <laughs> but you can tell, references. you know, you watch players like <laughs> tennis or golf where you can't hear them on a mic, yeah. but you just read their body and you're like, okay, they're pretty heightened. Um, a crazy realization for me, and yeah, we'll talk this about this really next week, good. Yeah, was that if you experience that heightness, your physical body cannot calm down.
0: That's sympathetic nervous
1: system. Yeah. yeah. It cannot kick in and calm down from 20 it takes about 20 to 60 minutes Mm -hmm. not seconds not you know snap it's like 20 to 60 even 60 minutes to calm down from a fight or flight reaction or freeze yeah so honestly this was so important because i'll be i'll be honest you might as well just say goodbye to resolution and and if you're not calmed down yeah until that 20 minutes or 60 minutes or however long it is is up like and they are they bam have that trigger yes you might as well just give up on resolution for that quick amount of time because it's not going to happen and for me we were talking about this as well there's some people out there who uh i think it it is control but you want to resolve stuff immediately like something happens all right let's sit down and talk about it that's also probably rooted in control because you need it to be okay, right? And you're not okay with it not being okay. Yeah. But you have to not you have to be okay with it not being okay for at least twenty minutes. Yes. Like they physically cannot sit and and be calm.
0: And I think, and I've had to realize that, like. It's not wise if I'm heightened, even though that's part of my trauma and trigger responses because I want it to resolve right away, but it's not wise for me to do so because I'm not even thinking rationally if my trigger is taking over, if I'm like running through it, if I've allowed this light switch to turn on, I've jumped in this. I just pictured myself jumping in the running waters. Like it's a really fast stream and I'm just like swimming downstream in my sympathetic nervous system. I'm like, blood is flowing through my veins and I am all up in the trigger business right
1: here oh yeah and then most important is that two to five to seven minutes after you're just like defeated deflated your body like you're just like i don't there's nothing that you can say right now that i'm really gonna agree with mm-hmm. you know it's just like a very i call that like the defensiveness that follows the trigger yeah is very high as well yeah
0: that's like true. you
1: cannot write like there's nothing that your partner says you're like okay that's a good point i agree you're <laughs> it's, right it's really sorry.
0: hard to think logically in these situations um <laughs> really <laughs> Oh my gosh. So I want to tell you guys about something I learned going to the amazing glass house with my friend, Lori Jean Glass, who wrote this book called Healthy Adult. And I went to her retreat, the glass house, and I went to it actually back in March of this year. And it was so incredible. And there we learned about something called a pain body which this was so helpful for me to really understand what my deepest core trigger is what my deepest core trauma wound is because understanding that allows me to understand like the rest of my triggers because if i understand the main root a lot of the other triggers kind of connect back to that main root in many 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 ways and so this concept of the pain body Actually, it comes from Eckhart Tolle uh, and in his book, The Power of Now, It's really interesting, you guys. Okay. But here's the reality. Um, If you've ever felt like you're acting a little bit cray-cray, if you've ever felt out of body, out of mind, if you've ever really overreacted, I'm not talking about small triggers. I'm talking about big ones where you are like, I am... I'm out. I'm swimming at sea here in really rough waters. Okay. I'm saying that because that is me. I've done that. Unfortunately, more than I'd like to admit. Um, but I've, I've reacted in triggers, but when you are really activated, that is most likely what your pain body is, okay? And the pain body is, it's just, it's that deep, deep, deep core wound that lives in your body. It's that main core wound that usually started in your childhood, but then it repeats itself through time with different layers. And so, and you learn different ways of numbing it or controlling it or seeking things to, to just calm it down. But you don't necessarily learn the healthy ways of finding compassion, finding love, understanding that those parts of yourself, Mm -hmm. healing the parts of yourself that felt really deeply hurt whenever that core wounds started. And so if you're not without the proper understanding, compassion and healing, this will just continue to come up and be untamed throughout your life.
1: Yeah. And, What's interesting about this is I think it is irrelevant of your background, mm-hmm. uh, who you are. We all most likely have a pain body. Yeah. Right?
0: Most of us. Yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah. yeah. And I you're like so. a very healthy person and lean secure, like mainly are secure with some avoidant.
1: But I still have one.
0: Yes. Yeah. And
1: I think that this is really interesting because trauma in general, as much as we have seen explicit, is existent amongst all of our lives Mm -hmm. to some degree whether it's the 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 big big t or the little t you're so annoying um but big t or little t because guess what we live in an imperfect world with definitely imperfect parents and Mm -hmm. that is all you have to know like those two assumptions right there explain that at some point or another, you had imperfect experiences. Yeah, that's right. And that probably led to some kind of pain bodies. We're gonna go ahead and share with you guys our pain bodies as examples, because these are super important. If you could boil down all of our conflicts to one thing for each of us that really sends us off the deep end, and really gets us amped up and fired up it would be these two things yeah so why don't you go ahead and go first
0: okay and this is really vulnerable but um i am willing to share so i have discovered that my biggest core wounding is the feeling of being misunderstood which that's the main branch, feeling misunderstood and, or the main root. And then outside, out of that comes the feeling of not feeling seen, not feeling heard. Abandonment is in there as well, but misunderstood goes right back to my childhood. I can totally think of just myself as a child. I was very angry, very loud. And for me, it just, it comes back to like, I didn't feel like I was understood for myself. I didn't feel like I thought I and I knew that something was going on in my family that I didn't know what it was either. And so it also started this whole tendency like, will you like me? Will you love me? Mm. Like, I want you to understand me. I remember clearly in the fifth grade, I every single day in the fifth grade for every day of that of that school year, I dressed in a unique outfit and wore my hair in a different hairstyle every day for the fifth grade. Every single day. Why did you roll your Wait, eyes? Wait, so
1: <laughs> I always wondered, though, say there's like 200 days of the year you go to school. Mm. <laughs> did you have 200 hairstyles? Exactly. Or did you just have a different hairstyle each day? No, I had but...
0: 200 unique hairstyles.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: People who know me, if anyone who knew me back when I was 10. Weird. Oh, that's not nice. Okay,
1: sorry. You're right. You're saying you're pain body. A bad, yeah, bad, bad,
0: time a bad time, baby. So, so I laugh I mean, at super it. Super
1: impressive. But
0: I, w- I felt so. If I can think about it now, like it makes me feel sad. Like I was feeling so like misunderstood, lost. That I'm like I have to be unique. I have to stand out. Like I want somebody to see me. You know, it's a cry for being seen. Mm-hmm. Um, because I felt so unseen. And so I'm like literally every day. I woke up at 5 a.m. practiced my flute for an hour and did my hair for an hour it's literally what i did in the fifth grade
1: okay i mean just the fact that you <laughs> had 200 unique styles is very impressive
0: well also impressive that i set my own alarm and got up at 5 uh, a.m yeah. every yeah. day
1: my kid does that my kid's waking up before me to like practice their flute and like get ready for the day and <laughs> i'm like snoozing till 6 30 <laughs> putting off my workout i'm gonna like i'm gonna feel like a terrible that's so i mean my funny.
0: parents were like this girl is a my, go-getter i would be
1: like dude is her?" i would literally pull you aside and be like is her kid okay like <laughs> they're operating like a 42 year old father
0: right now <laughs> like, are oh they okay? my gosh it makes sense for like why i'm so self-driven self-started it's because like look at me at 10 years old but anyway so i think of that moment i'm like and it was really hard because the year after that i actually started getting bullied in school not because of my hairstyles okay for other reasons, which I won't go into, basically from a whole misunderstanding. That was the hardest thing. It was a misunderstanding. Someone took my words and completely twisted them. And then all of my friends turned against me and they bullied me for multiple years. I had to sit alone in the cafeteria and I got the bad notes in my locker. And it was like a really hard time in my little girl life again being misunderstood so now i'm not understood by my parents and i'm not understood by my best friends at school so my biggest pain body is being misunderstood which it's ironic that i'm you know some sort of whatever influencer or whatever you want to call it you know leader speaker because there's huge opportunities when you are a leader speaker influencer for people to make assumptions and misunderstand you
1: oh yeah, yeah. i mean it's just one sound bite taken the wrong way and misinterpreted
0: uh, so i have to stay really grounded and know my boundaries because otherwise you know there's going to be people and there are people who misunderstand me and i just i just reconcile that like i know myself and i know my intentions and if i'm coming to the lord and my intentions are pure and good Then I am not worried what a person on the internet is saying about me. Yeah. If I'm being called out and called up and I check that with the Holy Spirit, like that's great. I'm about that. But if someone is like assuming something in me that I know is not true, I just have to, I have to ignore it. I can't let it even prick me.
1: Oh, yeah, you have to. Mm -hmm. And one of the hardest things about today in, in the internet is people who shouldn't have even you know, a pencil have like a megaphone, mm-hmm. you know, and there's just some opinions that.
0: <laughs> a pencil have a megaphone.
1: Yeah, I know, right? I yeah. mean, they, and so we all have that right to it, but some people lose that privilege. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, you do. And that comes up in our conflict. Yeah. When you share or you speak and it's not validated. Yeah. Or responded to and it's mm-hmm. just glossed over.
0: If I'm glossed over or misunderstood yeah. in any way, it doesn't go because
1: well. I will. I will. I'm like, okay, thanks for sharing, and then I'll just move on.
0: And I'm and like, I'll just
1: like cause, excuse me, yeah, because I'm flexible and I will just be okay, sounds good. I move on with my oh my life. gosh,
0: I hate it. And you do that, babe. You're like, okay, sounds good. I'm like,
1: did she's <laughs> <laughs> like, whoa, 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 whoa. Did you hear when we I said, I'm like, heard. yes, okay, sounds, sounds good. good, let's go. I'm like, and she's like, no, 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 no. Like, pitches uh, her chair. She's like, we're gonna talk about this one. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so now I say that was really good. Thank you so much for sharing. Now let's go. <laughs> and she's like, okay.
0: Babe, why don't you share your pain body? <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, mine's a little bit shorter than uh, that, but that was really good. <laughs> Thanks. Mine is probably the feeling of being underappreciated. Yeah. Um, it's really hard for me to express my needs and like vouch on my behalf, including the core need of being appreciated. So uh, this is maybe more for the people in the audience who maybe suppress mm-hmm. and don't advocate for themselves um, because it's maybe quote unquote more noble. And there's times, and I, I learned this from my childhood because of, you know, I grew up in a large house, five kids, definitely like chaos <laughs> always and parents just being scattered, which is, you know, it forces you as a kid to grow up fast and be very independent, which I really appreciated. But I also learned to perform and excel, you know, to earn um, affection and earn respect amongst peers. Mm-hmm. And um, and then it just became an assumption. It was just like, okay, yeah, that's just who you are. Um, sounds good like the <laughs> sounds good yeah <laughs> yeah of course sounds good it's just like okay good job on we go yeah. um you did what you were supposed to i'm mm-hmm. like wait a second you know so it's really important for me to be uh appreciated and it's not even like uh words of affirmation as much as just recognition that that was done well yeah and that was not easy but what's hard about that is on the other side is people and not being don't,
0: taken advantage of i would say yeah too. but
1: people don't um if you don't share like that was hard for you to do or you don't share that you don't want to do this and you just do it, people just assume that for you, mm-hmm. which is uh, not okay because then you're just kind of neglecting your feelings and neglecting yourself. And you can still do those things, but I think it's much more healthy for you to just communicate them. Because mm-hmm. uh, then sometimes you're you're doing things that people don't appreciate, and but you just assume it's noble for me too. And then you don't get any appreciation from it. And you're like, okay, what the heck?
0: Yeah, well. <laughs> or, yeah.
1: well, and then two is you're also performing for other people to please them. Yeah. Um, And then when it doesn't actually work, you're like disappointed, mm-hmm. you know? So there's probably more of a heart check there. Like, why are you doing it really? You know, are you doing it for the affection or the, what the return is going to be for your life? Mm-hmm. Or are you doing it because it's the right thing to do and- you joyfully want to do it
0: yeah but underappreciated definitely comes up between you and i as well for, for sure, sure. Yeah, yeah for sure
1: it's like i'll do all these things and then all of a sudden i mess up on one thing and uh
0: and it, i it, i i like i can have a hard time and, about, and i'm like yeah yeah yeah. I, in I'm like, those what moments, about these other things? <laughs> I did all these other things and you're reaming me on this small detail. I'm like,
1: Oh my gosh, <laughs> dude, I'll do. Uh, yeah. It's what well, she's super detail oriented. It's yes. really great. It's like a super strength. <laughs> we for just her.
0: established that I got up at 5am to do yeah. my hair and practice the flute.
1: Yes. Like every Not detail, a detail is missed. life and I'll miss a detail and she'll be like, I can't believe you messed this up. I'm like, what about everything else? <laughs> <laughs> so that's a, a good oh snapshot God. of how it looks for us.
0: Yeah. And so, but it's really powerful because knowing your trigger gives you a lot of opportunity to take ownership and find compassion for yourself. Uh, it's not to put shame on yourself. That is the opposite of what we want to do. We don't want mm. to be like, oh gosh, I shouldn't be upset about that. Like, why, why do I care about being misunderstood? Like, who cares? Like people's opinions don't matter. Like blah, blah, blah. Like yeah. it's easy to like then go there in your mind, but that is not go- That's going to be completely counterintuitive. You have to tap into compassion. And like, there is a reason why that deep core wounding, that pain body formed and you had no control over it. You had no control over it. Mm. You no control over it. And Sometimes it wasn't even done intentionally to you. Like it just was the circumstances of your upbringing. And sometimes people were doing the best that they could, right? And sometimes they weren't and it was really hard and toxic. But, you know, you didn't cause whatever the pain body is that you have, whatever core wound you have. And so you have to tap into the waters of self-compassion. That is the most healing elixir, like finding self-compassion for like, okay, I can see how this pattern has shown up in my life and I don't want it to continue, but I'm going to love myself well and give myself compassion for how I, the little girl inside of me was hurting every single time I was showing up in that trigger.
1: Yeah. And, uh, in the school of dating, we actually have a, a lot of time dedicated to, inner healing yes and inner trauma
0: yes and And, these
1: pain points and
0: and even trauma responses too yeah
1: and and because that that is by far and away probably the most important is you can't show up well in a relationship with like these wounds festering
0: yes exactly because
1: they're going to keep festering and if anything like they're just going to keep growing like and i grew up in a You know in a family where there was wounds still festering and Mm -hmm. if it you can only imagine like it it impacts a marriage it impacts children it impacts Mm -hmm. generations it impacts friendships and community so wounds festering affects way more people than just you but it definitely affects you first and everybody else is like a, what do we say is um oh yeah if you don't transform pain you transmit it to others
0: yep hurt people, hurt people. Exactly.
1: Same. Was hurt the same people, hurt people. Yes. Yeah.
0: So let's go through a common situation of me not being understood, which has happened before. Um, I just want to give you guys a scenario of like what may happen for me or like just what can happen. So what happens when I don't feel like JJ heard me when he says, okay, sounds good. And I'm like, oh my goodness, now (laughs) I'm triggered. Okay, laughing. All right. What happens immediately for me is some anger starts bubbling bubbling to the surface. For me, that's like my inner childhood. Inner child has a a big angry streak. Okay. I didn't shut down my emotions. I I outbursted them as a child very, very, very vocally. Um, And so when this happens, when my deep core wound is triggered, the feelings of anger will start bubbling to the surface, a lot of hurt and frustration. And then I might start telling my story, telling myself a story in my head like, here we go again. He never listens to me. He doesn't care about me. He's doing this to hurt me. He's doing this on purpose. He never takes what I say seriously. It could be one- all or a mix of a few of those things that and then my mind is saying and now I get on the train I'm like yeah that's right it's like this other side of me is like yeah you're right he does do these things on purpose he doesn't take you seriously
1: he does this to annoy me he
0: does this to annoy me yes oh my gosh sometimes if I'm in <laughs> on not grade state, I will actually say those things to you. Like, mm-hmm. I'll be like, you're doing this on purpose. Like you don't take these things seriously. You're trying to like really annoy me. And, <laughs> and then what happens often, babe, is that, um, you can speak to this, but that's where you'll be like, no, like you're assuming that like you're it's assumptions, right? Cause it's me creating the story in my head, mm-hmm. which is, a lot, 90 or more percent of the time, the story in our heads are not real. Mm -hmm. Like we create this story and they are not 90 to 95% of the time, not true in its entirety, especially. Mm -hmm. And so, but we're full on believing it. It is like a story. We, it's like, we see the movie and we believe it's true. And so I will tell you, like, I believe this is why you're doing that. (laughs) And then you are annoyed because I'm assuming and... Either that, or you might not act like it's a big of a deal. <laughs> and well, then, yeah. or you like want to end it as soon as possible. And so I'm sorry, let's move on. And it's, yeah, it's a, I, it's a band-aid, I'm sorry to move on from the situation.
1: Yeah, that's true. It's true.
0: And then what happens after that is then I will defend my thought process, Until I feel like I'm heard, because again, I'm like, if I'm not heard, I'm like, I need to over explain. He needs to get it this time. This can't keep happening. I don't want to be continuing to be misunderstood and not heard. I have to explain, 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 explain. And then eventually JJ is completely worn down. He is definitely no longer listening to me. He probably feels defeated. He feels blamed, maybe not even respected. And now what I wanted was to feel heard and for this to change. And now because of that, there's a way less likelihood of being heard and it changing.
1: Yeah. It's the situation is definitely worse. Yes. Like, yep. (laughs) And that's, especially if like, if you find a partner who doesn't, um, like, get triggered back like if somebody gets triggered mm-hmm. back it's even worse than that Yeah, like trickerness leading to other trickerness and yeah. so if mm-hmm. you have a trigger partner and the other partners uh does it's not easily triggered or just a little bit just like less willing to jump into that boxing match um then it it but the situation does end up worse yeah. for sure mm-hmm. and we'll t- and look cliffhanger we will talk about like the antidote to that you next know week. what could when Making kate feels her space. trigger yeah when kate feels her trigger what could she have said how could she have framed that in yeah. a way i could receive and respond and vice versa when i identify that kate is triggered what can i do on my end to actually serve her well and listen to her and make it a safe space to listen but we'll get to that next week because that's yeah. It's that's important. That's the most important. Yeah.
0: Today, our hope is that you just can f- find a curiosity to figure out what your core wound is, identify and not feel shame around having triggers mm-hmm. and know it's actually pretty normal. Understand what's going on in the body and then, um, you know, then have a desire to seek compassion, self-compassion, and then, you know start gaining tools to actually calm yourself down in those moments yeah and so i think we did a really good job explaining all this really
1: a really good job
0: <laughs> i mean i'm biased obviously i think it was good
1: it was really good
0: um
1: okay could, um no it was really good i think this is the first half of recognizing listen, I was on the other end of Kate's side and some yeah. were more obvious triggers and then some were just like I didn't see them as triggers. I know we we all live in 2022. We all know what a trigger warning is. We've all heard this word by far and away often now. Nobody really takes a second to pause and define it, which is really helpful. Yes. Um so yeah, next week we'll be being the triggered and then also being on the other end.
0: Oh, and I just want to say this and we'll talk about it. Yeah. We'll talk about it in more detail, but if you're with someone who has triggers, like, it is normal. If you have triggers, it is normal. It's just what you do with that information. Mm -hmm. It's just what you do with the reality that you are triggered or that's coming up in a relationship. Because a lot of times, and I think we said it earlier, sometimes you're not triggered until you start entering into a relationship. And all of a sudden, like you're good, living fine with your friends. And then all of a sudden, intimacy, an intimate romantic relationship is the thing that brings up your triggers. And you're like, I didn't have to, what, where is this? coming from yeah and that's actually my thing now like i don't often get that triggered with friends in general it's just been with him
1: <laughs> i love you i love you and too. you
0: would say the same thing probably right oh for sure yeah yeah yeah
1: so so I it's hope-
0: okay it's just what do you do with the information
1: yeah and especially as you recognize them if your partner calls them out you know in a hopefully in a loving way Mm-hmm. Um, it's time to maybe do a little bit of deep diving and checking out what's going on below the hood. Yep. Um so okay. I think that was really good.
0: Yeah. Thanks guys for listening again this week. Next week we'll be talking about fighting fair, conflict, finding what we call safe space. And we're so excited for that.
1: I'll just say if what we talk about next week, if I did not have people pouring into me and giving me advice and help. Kate and I would not be together.
0: Yeah, that's true. Like
1: one thousand percent.
0: Yes. There's so n- important. There's in yeah. The relationship. Nobody
1: is smart enough or independently wise enough and good enough to really handle conflict with somebody else. Yes. By themselves. I agree. I think we're designed that way.
0: Yeah, we try to do things in silos. And I know, it's not, but it's it, when you have a triggered person trying to reason with another triggered person in a silo, like
1: oh my gosh, you're just that's gonna, like chaos. It's,
0: it, yeah, you need an outside wise source, and not everyone, but someone yeah. or some a couple or a therapist or a mentor that's going to pour into for you for sure. So, anyway, thanks you guys so much this week. Thanks, baby, for being vulnerable. <laughs>
1: good job oh my gosh
0: your mic just fell thanks baby love you love you
1: too love, love you, you guys. guys
0: we'll see you next week bye-bye the heart of dating podcast is created by kate Warman. it is a part of the converge podcast network our incredible editor is the one and only scott caro our theme music was developed by the amazing christian Ledoux. Special shout out to Anjali Maga and Gabriella Asperu who make this show possible each week and help to keep me sane. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, or if you've never written us a review or ranked us on iTunes, we'd encourage you to do so because it helps us so much to get this podcast into more people's ears. We launch our podcast each and every week on Wednesdays. So we'll see you next week.